Hello and welcome to Middle Church Online. I'm Natalie. I'm your digital minister here. We are so glad that you've chosen to worship with us. Thank you for coming. Um, this Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent and we hope that you'll join us for the entire Advent season. We have a lot of wonderful things planned for you. Let's get right into worship, but before we do, we'll take a deep centering breath together. And let us worship God. On this first Sunday of Advent, we begin our season of waiting. It is as though we have discovered that we are pregnant with new life, new possibilities, and new purpose. Metaphorically speaking, of course. Uh, we expectantly light the candle of hope. You ready, Jeremiah? Yeah? All right, I think you're ready for it. Okay, let me not get your toes. Yeah, that's hope. Hope that the reign of God will come on earth. Hope that all of earth's children will flourish in peace, love, and joy. Let us pray. Holy God, thank you for planting the seed of hope in us. Let us not be frivolous with hope. Let us not waste it uh, on... Ooh. <laughs> Let us not waste it. Uh, but instead be people of hope, especially in this season and in the year to come. Amen. Amen. A blessed Advent, middle. Blessed Advent, middle. Say hi. for all ages. So I would like to invite my young and young at heart to scooch a little closer to the screen because this message is for you. In today's worship, you will hear Reverend Jackie preach about hope. A few weeks ago, we had a message for all ages that talked about hope. Do you remember what it means to be hopeful? That's right. It means to believe that something good is coming. 
Every Sunday, I am lucky enough to spend time with my young friends, and boy, do they fill me with hope. I get to hear them talk about the ways that they are carrying out God's revolutionary love. They share with me the ways that they will change the world, and I believe them. When things are hard or maybe scary, it can be tempting to think that things can't change. It can be tempting to not be hopeful. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever seen a grown-up feeling that way? In the spirit of being hopeful, I want to make space for you, friends, to tell us what world you would like to live in. Imagine it. You get to create whatever world you want. Start from scratch, where everybody has enough. What would it look like? What would there be? How would people live? Now, grown-ups, I want you to pay attention to these worlds that our young ones are envisioning. They are ready to do the work. Are you? Friends, I invite you to pray with me now. Dear God, thank you for hope. Thank you for our young leaders. Let their visions for the world be so. Amen. at Middle Church, and this is Middle in Two Minutes. Friends, we are upon the holiday season, which in any year brings up a range of emotions. This year, the holidays are greeted by cumulative grief and emotions that come with living during a global pandemic. We want to remind you in this time of all the ways that this community cares for one another. You can call our pastor on the call line at any time. You can call Middle Church to hear a prayer and a scripture from one of your pastors at any time. You can request financial aid through our prayer portal. You can set up virtual coffee with someone on staff. Let us know how we can care for you this season. We are here for one another. We also kick off Advent this Sunday and this week begins two new small groups for you. Our Advent Bible study is going to focus on the holy act of waiting and begins on Tuesday. And next Sunday, we will begin a book read called The Soul of Money. We hope you'll join us for one or both Advent studies. And finally, next Sunday, you do not want to miss our annual multicultural book fair. This year will be completely virtual, but you can shop a diverse list of authors and illustrators and come 
and hear from authors reading their own books. There'll be raffles and prizes, and it is sure to be an afternoon of fun for the whole family. Come with the little people in your life, come just yourself. We can't wait to see you there. And friends, now let's move into a time of prayer. Try to distract yourself from all of the things that are already filling your mind today. And our children are going to lead us now in our prayer in a song called, I Lift My Hands. Be still, there is a healer whose love is deeper than the sea. His mercy is unfailing His arms are a fortress for the weak Let faith arise Let faith arise I lift my hands to believe again
Thank you, young people. And let's continue our prayer now, saying together the Lord's Prayer, a prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. I hope that you'll pray in whatever language or tradition is comfortable to you. I will pray an inclusive version. You can follow along with that version, which is printed in your bulletin. Let's pray together now. Ever loving and holy God, how will it be your name? Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Peace be with you, middle family. I love you. I miss you. God's blessings to stay safe and healthy, and I'll see you real soon. Peace be with you. Peace be with you, middle. Miss you. Miss you. Peace be with you, middle church. I want to thank you. All of this that everyone works hard to put together and brings this great community even closer.
Hey, Middle, this is Lee Hill. I am bringing you the scripture today uh, from Psalm 80, also known as a prayer for the restoration of Israel. It reads as follows. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ibrahim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors, our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. But let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. May God add a rich blessing to the reading of that word. Amen. I call this sermon today, Restoration Hardware. And yes, I was having fun playing with the name of the retail place, but I called it Restoration Hardware because the words hard and where were active for me when I was working on this sermon. This text, this text is hard for me. In fact, I'm not positive that I have enough faith to preach this text the way I used to. I mean, I, I've crunched through all the exegesis and I'm gonna tell you all about it, but I don't feel about this text, believe about this text, believe about the God represented in this text the way I used to. Let me just tell you a little bit about, about um, the research, the work I've done to the text. 
that that I found intriguing, exciting, shocking in some ways. But of course, it's a story of God's people and afflicted people on their way through the troubles of life, a wandering people wandering through the desert on the way to a promised land or on the way back from exile or on the way back home to their isolated spaces in the time of COVID, a, a timeless, a timeless prayer from a people who suffer. And in this Psalm, the Psalmist um, alerts us right away to uh, evoking God's presence, God's presence in the ark, the ark that had been built with two seraphim, the ark built so people could sense God's presence in the ark as they wandered across the desert. You, God, who are enthroned in the space we built for you, your invisibleness could be made present to us in this space. To that God, the psalmist is saying, restore us, O God, let your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Restore us, O God, literally cause us to return. Cause us, God, to turn back to you, come back to you, come back to you from the faraway places, come back to you from sin, come back to you from the feeling of lost, God. Restore us, cause us to return. Shine your face upon us because your shining face is a sense of your blessing. That's where the psalmist starts. And then the psalmist kind of tells God about who God is or who God has been. Uh, how long, oh God, will you be angry with us? Literally, how long will your nostrils flare and smoke? You have fed us with the bread of tears. In other words, God, you have caused us to weep. You have caused us to cry, which is to say our suffering is on account of you, God. You have made us, the psalmist says, the laughing stock of the nations. The nations scorn us. They think we've lost our power and our prestige. They make fun of us. They mock us. And once again, the refrain, like a song, like a call and response, restore us, O God. Maybe you'll say that with me at home. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine upon us that we might be saved. Restore us and let us return to you. In this next strophe or part of the prayer, the psalmist reminds God of how God has been present in the past in the form of a parable. The psalmist says, you brought us out of Egypt. This is not a part that Lee read because um, it's not in the lectionary, but it explains the text. You brought us out of Egypt. You made us a vine to be planted in the new soil. You found the right terroir for us. You put us in the shady place. You tilled the soil for us. You gave us shade so we could grow and we did grow. Our roots expanded to the sea and then you built a wall around the vineyard to protect us, God. You did all of that. But now you've broken the walls down. You broke the walls down that were designed to protect us. You broke them down so now everybody who passes by can ravage us, can pick us apart. The wild boars can have at us. And then the refrain again, this time slightly different, and this is, I find this really interesting. 
Turn again, O God. You look down from heaven and see the vine you planted. They wanted to burn it down, to cut it down. But if you rebuke them, they will perish. This time the psalmist says, God, you turn back around. Not make us to turn toward you, but you, God, turn your face back to us. The psalmist is asking God to turn around. The psalmist is asking God to repent. The psalmist is asking God to repent. Wow, in this conversation with God, the psalmist has attributed to God all power, all the blessings, the ability to cause the suffering and ease the suffering, the ability to cause the pain and ease the pain, the ability to make the nations scorn the psalmist and the ability to destroy the ones who hurt Israel, all of this power. And the psalmist is saying to the Almighty, perhaps you need to turn back toward us. I think that's, I think that's really wild. <laughs> this kind of sense of the sovereignty of God being the conversation. The psalmist is having a conversation about the sovereignty of God and saying God is capable, able to do more than the psalmist can ask or imagine, to make all the good, to make all the bad, to make the rain, to make the sunshine, all of that attributed to the God who has turned God's back. And the psalmist is almost demanding that God turn back around. Why? Because the psalmist's life depends on it. The, 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 the psalmist knows that he, she needs God's full attention. The inattentive God means suffering and attending God means blessing. If God is the problem, the psalmist is saying, then God is also the solution. God can bring us back from exile. God can bring us back from deadness. God can bring us back from suffering. God can bring us back from crazy election seasons. God can bring us back from COVID-19. God can bring us back and feed us on the bread of life and not on the bread of tears. I'm struggling with that. I think that's a little bit too much for us to protect, to project, to expect from God. I used to think God was causative of all the things, right? The car accident I had where my highway, my car flips around in the highway three times and it finally lands on the tires and I finally walk away. Did God cause the car to flip upside down in the highway? Why? To teach me a lesson? To show me that God is God? Did God then cause the car to land on the tires? Really? Or did gravity do both? Did God cause the fire to torch all of my belongings and then cause the insurance company to reimburse me? Did God cause a virus to ravage the globe? Did God cause any of your loved ones to die from the ravaging? I don't think so. I think there's just unleashed junk in the universe, friends. 
The viruses want to live and they find hosts and they move into the bodies. That sometimes our tires will be flat and our cars will flip over. That something someday is gonna cause each of us to die. It might be a car accident. It might be old age. It might be a virus. But God's not waiting around to punish us, to torture us, to teach us. I think God is awaiting us to discover who God really is, to let go of our projections, our base of brain projections, our understandable human projections that there's a holy other that's big and bad and forceful and amazing that will make it sunshine and make it rain. I think God is waiting us to discover the holy loving other that is in fact the face that will never leave us, ever leave us that there's nothing we can do to make God turn God's back on us. We turn away, we walk away, we stand away, we run away. We fall down and we don't feel worthy. And we like the Psalmist create all kinds of theologies to, to make us feel like we, that we are in control of, of the God that we, that we love. We, we can manipulate this God with our goodness and our badness. I'm saying, God is always good. And I'm saying, God is always there. And I'm saying, God is not responsible for the crazy things we put in the world, for the bad politics, for the bad environment. God is not responsible that somebody didn't wash their hands someplace, sometime in the virus spread. That's not God's doing. God's sovereignty is about being present. Present in our singing, present in our praying, present in our grieving, present in our joy, present in our laughter, present in our discoveries, present in our wrestling. We can wrestle with God enough to say, hey, where are you? Where are you? And I think God stands in love and says, I'm right here. I am right here awaiting you. I don't have faith in the old stuff I would have said about this song 10 years ago. It's too small to cause and effect. And I'm sorry, life is more complicated than that. But you and I, we're in relationship with each other and with God and we can play and we can wrestle and we can what if, and we can discover new ways of talking about God, thinking about God, having conversations about God that are grown up conversations about God. So we don't put too much of it on God and take responsibilities also for creating the world we want. That's what gives me hope. 
Not that if I get on my knees and plead, God's going to show up. What gives me hope is before I thought about getting on my knees, God was already there loving me. We begin our Advent journey with this text. We overhear a conversation the psalmist is having with the psalmist God, working it out, figuring it out. Return us to you, O God, is the psalmist's prayer. Let us return to God who never left us whose face is always shining. We just need to remember. Amen. Good afternoon. My name is Michael Dinwiddie, and I'm here to invite you to join the movement. Now, exactly what does that mean? Well, I went online and found this definition. A movement is a group of diffusely organized people or organizations striving toward a common goal relating to human society or social change. I would add one more element that is uniquely middle, and that is a movement towards God's love on earth. That's the movement I'm inviting you to be a part of. Come as you are. There's room for you to do so much. Your talents, your treasure, and your truth are all welcome as you walk through the Zoom portal. In my time at Middle, I've been blessed with the opportunity to fill out and mail postcards for our voter registration campaign, volunteered in the kitchen, worked as a planner on our conference committee, have been uplifted every Sunday by inspiring music, the message for all ages, siyamba, the amazing sermons, and the many prayers that help me stay focused during the week. So what do you need to do? you should think about the ways that Middle can assist you during this challenging time. It is a caring community and there are Bible study groups and writing groups and planning groups and ministries for young people. And, but don't take my word for it. Go online to Middle Church and see what is offered every week. And if you're able to make a financial offering, know that your support is welcome and greatly appreciated. You can go to our website, middlechurch.org donate or text the amount 917-924-6666 or go to Venmo Middle Church. The worship is ending, but let the service begin. Thank you.
Hello, Middle family. Thank you so much for your gifts to the church today. Please join me in a moment of prayer. Our beloved God, source of life and love, thank you for the gifts offered so generously today. May we use these resources to help heal an aching world by bringing us closer to our neighbors and serving as vessels of your divine love and justice. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Thank you so much, choir. Thank you, Tina. God is good. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, God is good. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, God is good. Listen, friends, we're all on a journey our whole life long. Our lifelong journey is making meaning of God. What is God? Who is God? What is it like to be in relationship with God? And in this Advent season of holy waiting, I, I just want us to reimagine God. Reimagine God never punishing us for being human, never walking away from us, because why? <laughs> Those texts of wrestling that make writers like the psalmist wonder where God is, is more about us than God. We are terrified tentative, lost, lonely, afraid. And we wrestle with where God is in that. I'm saying, open your eyes and see God everywhere. She ain't going nowhere. She knows what we need. I find my hope in God's absolute certain presence in our lives. Not causing stuff, being present through stuff. So may God bless and keep you. May God make her face to shine upon you. 
May God lift up her countenance upon you and give you peace now and always. And all of God's children said from wherever they are on the interwebs, amen. Have a beautiful day. Come to Chat and Chew and talk to Natalie and Wesley. Mwah!